News Talk 580 CFRA presents the Employment Hour with employment lawyer Lior Samfiru. You bet we are uh, right back at it here just a few minutes uh, after the hour. So a whole hour pretty much for you to call in and ask your questions about employment, your job, your boss. Uh, workplace rights, basically that's uh, that's how we roll every week on this show. So in that regard, it's a 613-521-TALK. You can drop an email to us, help at employmenthour.com. we got lots of stuff to get through today on the show, my friend, including the process of obtaining better severance. That and your emails first. We always start with the uh, the week that was. What is going on, brother? Wow. Uh, first of all, you know, enjoying the nice weather. It's uh, it's been so so rare. So uh, great to have this nice weather, yeah. and, and great to uh, remind ourselves that uh, even warmer days are to come. But uh, despite uh, taking a break now, it was a an incredibly busy week. Uh, spoke with a lot of people. I do mean a lot of people this past uh, week or so. Uh, about workplace rights, about their jobs, about losing their jobs, about problems that, that they've been having uh, with their job. So if you're in that same situation, if you have an issue, a concern, a problem, something's happening at work that's not the way you want it to be, maybe your boss did something or said that they're going to do something, no need to wonder, no need to kind of suffer silently. Uh, give us a call right now on the show. You have uh, till uh, till six o'clock to to get those calls in, and we'll solve those problems. I promise you, uh, there's no such thing as as problems that cannot be solved. But if you don't want to call the show, you just want to talk to me privately, like so so many people do. Not a problem at all. We'll give you my contact information so you can call me, you can email me, and we can connect that way again to solve your workplace problems. But I always like to start off a couple situations that came across my desk just to kind of give people the uh, or an idea of the types of things that they may face at some point in the workplace and the solutions that are available. First thing, uh, first uh, situation I'll tell you about uh, involved a, a car dealership. I got a call from a salesperson, and I've said this before on the show, John. Car dealerships tend to be kind of the the wild west <laughs> when it comes to workplace rights true. and uh, you know love love car dealerships have a lot of friends that work there but uh, it's true so this particular person was a salesperson did very well high-end car dealership uh, made good income well very recently the company or his uh, his employer decided that uh, they're not gonna have price negotiations anymore on used mm-hmm. cars they're gonna have they're gonna give everyone the lowest price now, that is an interesting business idea. I would even say it's a good business idea. It's probably going to get you a lot of goodwill with your customers. But for this particular em- uh, employee, and, and presumably for his colleagues, this was a problem. The reason for that is they now can't get a better price on the vehicles than, than kind of the lowest price. They can't rely on, on their negotiation skills. And because of, because of that, this person expects to make less money. So if a car now is going to be selling for $5,000, as an example, he believed that in the past he'd be able to sell it for $6,000. So his commission would be calculated on the basis of the $6,000. Now he doesn't have the opportunity to do that. So for most cars, he says he's actually going to be making less money than he used to. And he expects this is easily going to be a 30% pay cut for him. He's 100% commission. So he called me and he wanted to know, can they do that? So, John, even though this is an, a good business idea and this could actually benefit the business, it's something that the employer still doesn't really have a right to do as relates to the employees. Why? Because it changes their compensation. And as our regular listeners know, a change in the, to compensation results in a constructive dismissal. It's not something that the company is allowed to do. If this person is going to make less money, he can treat that as a termination. 
he can treat that as a constructive dismissal and yeah. leave with severance. And I think that's exactly what's, what, what he's going to be doing. And I wanted to bring this up today because this is an interesting situation. They're not changing the commission structure. They're not reducing his pay directly. They're essentially making it more difficult for him to earn the same level of income, which is probably going to result in a loss of income. So that in and of itself is a problem. So if your employer changes the way you earn your income, makes it more difficult for you to earn the same income, uh, you know, puts uh, obstacles in your way so that uh, your income is going to be affected, you don't have to accept that. You can treat that as a termination. You can leave with your severance. Uh, and if that ever happens, if you're ever in that situation, you call me, you email me before you do anything, John. What would a savvy employer, this being the car dealer, have to do if they wanted to implement that new tactic into dealership? How do they go about doing it without getting into trouble? Well, the best way to do it, probably the only way without right. getting uh, into trouble, is to give sufficient advance notice of this change. Mm-hmm. Now, how much notice does depend on the circumstances. Some people would be entitled to more than others, but I would probably say a good amount of notice would be a year. You give a year's notice, so just so you know, starting in uh, June 2020, we're going to be changing the way we offer uh, prices or we do our pricing, etc. Now, if they do that, then they can do it. Now, the other thing a smart employer would do, and, and car dealerships tend not to do this, is to have an employment agreement with their employees that gives them the power to do it. Uh. If you have an employment agreement that says we can change our pricing and the compensation, etc., then you can do it. So for employers, you want to have language like that. For employees, you want to be very careful that your agreement doesn't have mm-hmm. language like that because if it does, your employer may be able to change your, your compensation and that could be a huge problem. Uh, anytime you want to call in during the show, ask your questions about that or anything other that has you uh, scratching your head, 613-521-TALK is that number. Uh, but as we go on here, what else uh, What else you got going on, pal? I uh, spoke with a lady that uh, called me, you know, quite upset, actually, and I understand oh. why. She had been on a maternity leave, uh, and while she was on maternity leave, uh, someone at her workplace had uh, retired, and that position became available. That, so that was a more senior position, and the company was looking for someone to promote into that position. So while she was on maternity leave, she called her boss and said, I understand that position is available, and, you know, I think that I'm the right person for mm-hmm. it. Will I be considered for that role? They told her, well, no, you're not going to be considered because we need someone more senior than you for that role. Okay. Well, she thought that's fine. It is what it is. She uh, moved on. She went back to her maternity leave, and she came back very recently from that maternity leave. Well, when she came back, she found out who took on that role. And guess what? That person not only is not more senior than her, is actually someone more junior than her, someone that had been there less time, someone that she actually trained. And when she asked them, well, what happened here? They wouldn't give her a clear answer. She's upset. I understand why. And she called me. Here's the thing, John. This does look like maybe the reason why she wasn't considered for this promotion was because she was on maternity leave. And if that is the case, that is illegal. They cannot avoid promoting her, not consider her or penalize her really in any way because she was pregnant, because she took a maternity leave. They can't do that even if that's part of the reason. So I'm going to be speaking to her again and getting some more detail, and I'm going to be challenging the company on their decision here because I want to find out why they didn't consider her. And there's an important lesson there. You call it uh, don't mess with mama, and I agree. (laughs) 
usually we talk about you can't fire someone, you can't punish someone yep. because they're taking a maternity leave. But it goes beyond that. You can't refuse to consider someone for a promotion. You can't refuse to give someone a raise because they're maternity leave. If you do that, that is a human rights violation. That's illegal. There's no room for that. So I'm going to talk to her, and I wanted to remind uh, everyone that if, if you're in that situation, if something happens where you're not treated fairly because you took a maternity leave because or you're a father, you took a parental leave, that is illegal. You need to call me at that point right away. Let's take a, a short break before we dip into our topic for the day, and that is the process for obtaining better severance. Uh, the email address you want to send one along is help at employmenthour.com. But to call us here uh, for the remainder of the hour, please do. The best way to start, 613-521-TALK. That is how we get you on the air and get your questions answered right here on the Employment Hour on News Talk 580 CFRA. Now back to the Employment Hour with employment lawyer Lior Samfiru. Plenty of time for you to still uh, call in, ask your questions here that we're, uh, we're on the air at 613-521-TALK. Help at employmenthour.com is the uh, the email address. And if you've never checked it out, do so. Find out how much you wrote. The first step is severancepaycalculator.com. You know, we always talk about how important it is to understand how much severance you should be paid, which is why I just mentioned the calculator. But many people, they want to know if it's difficult to actually get it. So, uh, so let's talk about it. What do you say? <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's one thing to tell people, you know, you owe more, more severance. But right. if it's a process that's extremely difficult, long, expensive, complicated, then what's the point, right? Yeah. I mean, I can tell you, yeah, John, you, you're you owed another $20,000, but if it's going to cost you 30000 and take three <sighs> years, you're going to say, yeah, thanks, but no thanks. Yeah, right. So I, I want to explain to people a bit about the process. So if you're owed more severance, how do we actually get it? Because guess what? It's not long. It's not complicated. It's not expensive. And if you are not pursuing your rights because you're afraid of the process, then you are missing out and you're leaving your entitlements on the table. So we're going to spend a few minutes talking about what happens when someone comes into my office, they're owed more severance. How do I go about getting them that severance at the road? You know, a lot of us have been through it. And that's, uh, you know, you walk in one day, sky's blue, uh, water's warm, and uh, all of a sudden you've lost your gig. It hits you like a bucket of water in the face. I'm betting that when they first contact you, severance is not the first thing in their mind, is it? It, it rarely is. It yeah. really rarely is. And most of the time, people are, are shell-shocked and then they're upset yeah. for a good reason that they lost their job. And uh, many people associate this term wrongful dismissal with the idea that they were let go when they shouldn't have been let go or, or for improper reason. So most of the time when people call me is they want kind of you know justice, if you know what I mean, for the fact that they were let go. And the, 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 the problem with that, and I think our regular listeners know this, is that an employer is allowed to let you go pretty much for any reason as long as severance is paid, as long as full severance is paid. So that's why when someone calls me upset, again, for good reason about being let go, I have to switch their mindset and focus yeah. on the issue of severance because that's the only thing the law can deal with. The law can't make your employer change their mind. They, it can't make them better decision makers. Your employer can make the decision to let you go even if it's unfair but they have to pay full severance. That's why I focus on severance when uh, I talk on this show. That's why I focus on severance when you call me in the office, because from a legal standpoint, that's really what matters. And, and literally, John, that's where the money is. 
questions about that, 613-521-TALK. You can call in now for the remainder of the show. We'd love to talk to you. You know, it's funny, we often joke about this is like when we started the show years ago. That you can come in, your employer says, yeah, you know what, I don't like blue cars, you drive a blue car, so I'm uh, I'm letting you go. It's a preposterous proposal, but it's legally okay to do as long as you get full severance, right? It is, absolutely. And, and I, I always pick that example because it's silly, but it makes the point that your employer can wake up one day and say, hey, today's a nice day to let someone go. <sighs> and, and if they let you go, that's okay, again, from a legal standpoint, but right. severance is paid. Now, but we have to remember, though, that despite what I just said, that in over 90% of cases, 90%, people, when they're let go, regardless of the reason, are not offered anywhere near what they're actually owed, a lot less than what they're owed. And that's what makes it a wrongful dismissal. The right. wrongful dismissal is being let go without the severance that you're owed. And if you're, you've been let go, whether it's now or 15 years from now and you had a severance letter, I can almost assure you that whatever you were offered, even if you signed it not thinking twice about it, was probably pennies on the dollar because, again, that's what happens, John, in most cases. You need to get your, your fair severance, so that's exactly the words we use, fair severance, but how is it actually accomplished? So first thing I do when someone contacts me is I, I find out a bit about them, about their job, about their compensation, uh, about their history of employment, and on that basis, I, I tell them, here's what you're owed. Here's what the law says you should have. Only then do I look to see what they've actually been offered. Because I want to be able to make my assessment you know, kind of clear without uh, being influenced by what they've been offered. And as I said, in over 90% of cases, when someone tells me what, they're, what they were offered, it's, it's a lot less than what they should be, what I assess them as being owed. So once I assess someone as being more, uh, owed more severance, usually the first step, and, and usually the, the, the only step that's really needed, is we engage the company in a negotiation. It's as simple as that. I do that by sending the company what I call a demand letter. The letter would say, I've been retained by this employee. I've reviewed what you've offered him. Here's what, why, why what you've offered them is not good enough. And then I would make certain demands. I would ask for a bit more than what I think the person should be getting in order to give ourselves some room to negotiate. And then I would ask for a response within a few days. And most of the time, the company would respond with a counteroffer. Mm -hmm. We respond back to them with a counteroffer back and forth. And we resolve it. So in the vast majority of cases, this process, as simple as it sounds, it's all that it takes to resolve it. Yeah. Back and forth, engaging the company in a negotiation, and usually within you know, a couple of weeks, two, three weeks, what have you, in most cases, we're able to resolve it. So in, in, often, John, it's as simple as that. Help at employmenthour.com is email address to reach out. And by the way, to get a hold of Lior and Alex and the rest of the team there, it's one 821 5900 But for the purpose of this show, we'd love to talk to you with the remaining uh, half hour we have, and that is 613-521-TALK to call into the station and ask your questions. It, you know, it could be, a, I won't say a million-dollar phone call, but it could be a good one and one that you should be making anyway. We're talking about the process of obtaining better severance today. So how common is it in your, your, your vast experience Experience really of doing this for over 15 years for individuals to uh, to get legal advice after they lose a job it, it's not common certainly not anywhere near as common as it should be yeah so if I told you that uh, and I just did that over 90% of people are offered a lot less you know, most of the time you think okay well people should get advice because you don't want to be one of those 90% unfortunately the vast majority of people don't get advice they don't get advice because either they don't know any better uh, they, they feel the pressure to accept the company's offer uh, they may uh, be, as I said, scared about the process of trying to improve their severance. So for all these reasons and more, 
oftentimes individuals don't get advice. And, and that's unfortunately something that employers count on. Employers count on the fact that if we let 10 people go, eight or nine of them are not going to get advice. They're just going to accept it. So think about the savings. If the company can let 10 people go, offer them all inadequate severance, and most of them are going to accept it without advice. Well, if you're listening to the show, you know better. You're not going to be one of these people, and you're not going to let your friends, your family, your colleagues ever do that again because, again, they're owed more. And as I said, the process in most cases of obtaining better severance, straightforward, quick and and not something you should be afraid of. You know, you, you just mentioned friends and family there, and I think when you say they're not getting advice, I think they are, but that's where they're getting their advice, <laughs> and that's the first place they trip up is Jimbo, the next neighbor you know, who's working on his Camaro. He got let go two weeks ago, so he knows exactly what you should be owed, <laughs> but he's lacking by 50 grand. You know, that's not the guy you go to for advice, yeah, right? You're right, and, and, and the, the whole reason why we started this show, you and yeah. I, all these years ago is because of that, because we recognize that people are get advice from the wrong sources. And, and because of that, they, they lose out on their entitlements. You're absolutely right. People go online and message boards. They even call the Ministry of Labor, which you cannot do if you lost your job. They talk to their uh, uncle, their, their, their nephews, and what have you, and, and, and they get the wrong advice. Not because someone wants to hurt them. God, no. It's because people don't know. And, and you have to get your advice from a reputable source, an employment lawyer. You don't have to do it with me. If you don't like me, that's okay. Speak to another employment lawyer. But the only source of information, if you lost your job, when it comes to your workplace rights, is an employment lawyer. Again, uh, 613-521-TALK. If you have any questions, would love to uh, talk to you about this topic for sure. You know, you often hear as well, I'd love to uh, do something about this, but uh, you know, I don't want to sue my employer for severance. I don't want to sue them, right? That word keeps coming up. Absolutely. And, and you know, there's a, a negative connotation with that word, and I understand that. As I said before, in most cases, we don't even have to go there. We don't even have to start a formal claim, formal legal action. We can resolve it by engaging the company in a negotiation. Now, in some cases, when the company is being unreasonable, we have to go to that next step, which is to start formal legal action. But here's the thing. Starting legal action does not mean you're going to court. Even if you do have to start legal action, the vast majority, and I'm talking 99% of these cases are going to settle well before you're even within 100 feet of a courtroom. They will resolve the average lifespan if there's legal action three to four months. Okay, They're going to settle, they're going to resolve, whether it's a mediation or otherwise. Mm-hmm. So don't be afraid of that. You know, Even if you have to start legal action, it does not mean you're going to court. It does not mean it's going to take years. Absolutely not. Not in employment cases. Some other cases, yes, perhaps. Now when it comes to employment law or workplace rights, Even if legal action is required, which is the exception, even in those cases, though, matters resolve quickly. So, again, please don't be afraid of the process. You know, and it's funny, too, because we we mention all the time that the uh, more sophisticated employers, even basic ones, know that this could turn into a negotiation. They're prepared for it. They've lowballed you, and they expect you sometimes to come back and say, hey, how about this, with a lawyer. And they'll settle. There's no need for court or suing or anything, right? Absolutely. In most cases, the company's going to get advice. Their lawyer's going to say, yeah, you do this, uh, you do owe this person more money. So it's not that complicated. Yeah. You know, we'll say it's 10 months. They'll say it's seven. Then we'll say nine. And we'll settle at eight where it should have been all along instead of the four that they've offered you. <sighs> it's as simple as that. It's not rocket science. You know, I'd love to say, hey, I'm a, I'm a brain surgeon. I do all these complicated things. It's actually not that complicated. I, and the message here is very clear. Do not be afraid of the process. It's not something that you should be afraid of. 
Don't be afraid of the phone call as well. We'll take a short break and uh, give you some room to call in. 613-521-TALK is the number. And email is help at employmenthour.com. It's the Employment Hour. It's right here. News Talk 580 CFRA. Now back to the Employment Hour with employment lawyer Lior Samfiru. Still time for you to call in. I know it's a nice sunny day out there, but questions, concerns, don't hold them back. It is 613-521-TALK and help at employmenthour.com. You want to reach out when the show is not on, you can go to 1-855-821-5900 and always have it standing by, and that would be severancepaycalculator.com. We talked about you know how easy it is to, uh, to get better severance dealing with your employer uh, through you, an employment lawyer. Uh, likelihood of success, what do you think? Well, John, it's 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 very difficult to talk about likelihood of success because I don't look at it in terms of winning or losing like a lot of people do. I always look at it in terms of how much, okay? Right. How much are we going to improve it? And it's almost almost impossible not to improve the severance package if you're owed more. If we determine that you're owed more, we're going to find a way to get it. Right. Now, it's our job, and the better the lawyer, the better a result they can ultimately get. But don't look at it in terms of winning or losing. You're not going to lose. It's a question of how much are we going to improve your severance. Uh, and, and in almost every case, I can't actually think of a situation where we didn't. Uh, the, the only I remember a case, uh, God, this is a, a long time ago now, where someone yeah, was owed a lot more severance. But unfortunately, I found out uh, shortly after he retained me, uh, or the company, I should say, found out that he was stealing from them ah. while he was still employed there. So guess what? That company was not as inclined to pay him more severance. And yeah, I didn't get him more severance. But unless you've been stealing from your company, if you're owed more severance, you are going to get it. It's as simple as that. What I don't want to have happen is I don't want people signing off on that severance only to call me uh, a week later saying, oh, Lior, I realize now I was owed another $50,000. Yeah. Can I do something about it? Because that's when I have to tell you, unfortunately not. Uh, unfortunately, I can't help you. And we've had calls like this on the show. We've had uh, emails. I speak with people like that every day when they contact me when it's too late. Please, please don't let that happen to you. I hate having to tell people that uh, there's nothing they can do. Uh, Best time to get advice after you've been let go, when you're looking at that severance package, call me, email me, go to severancepaycalculator.com, but please do something. The next question generally after that one is, is this going to cost me a lot? Is it an expensive process? Absolutely. And and this is exactly what uh, we need to discuss because a lot of people are afraid about the cost. You sure. know, our lawyers are expensive, they say, and, and uh, it's going to cost me a lot of money. So what's the point? What's the point getting more severance if I'm just going to turn around and give it to the lawyer? So and, and you know what? If that was the case, I would agree with you. So, no, there's no point. Uh, if you're going to get $10,000 more severance to pay me 10000 to get you 10000 that would be <laughs> silly. Okay? So, so let's talk about that. Let's have an honest uh, uh, comment uh, on legal fees. Now, generally speaking, there's two ways you can pay a lawyer that does employment law. The first way is contingency. So it's a, simply a percentage of the improvement. Depending on the case, it would be anywhere from 25 to 30% of anything over and above what you've been offered. Right. So... Obviously, we wouldn't touch what you've already been offered because we had nothing to do with it. But anything over and above that, there's a percentage. The nice thing about that is that uh, you don't have to worry about legal fees. You don't have to worry about how to pay it. You don't have to uh, fund this as as you go along. Mm -hmm. And you're not taking any risk. The other option is we pay based on an hourly rate. And and depending on on the lawyer and the situation, uh, different hourly rates. 
and you'd have a quote. And even in those cases, legal fees are not much because these things are easy to resolve. But here's the thing, John. Whichever way the person chooses, whether it's the hourly rate or the contingency, the percentage, is part of a resolution. We're going to negotiate some compensation back for legal fees over and above the severance. So even if you're paying on a percentage, you're not going to end up paying the whole thing. And you may end up paying very little of that because we're going to negotiate that the company is going to cover a good chunk of that. So again, don't be worried about legal fees. This is not something that you're going to have to fund in most cases. This is not something that's going to cost you a lot of money. And it may actually cost you $0.0. And in many cases, it does. So again, don't be afraid of legal fees. Don't be afraid of the process. Uh, I know, you know retaining a lawyer sounds scary. But when it comes to employment law, it really shouldn't be looked at that way. If you have any questions, feel free to call in. Still have time, 613-521-TALK at help at employmenthour.com. I mean, it just makes sense. Uh, why would you uh, saddle them with an expensive process when they've just lost their job and their income? It makes no sense. It, it, it makes no sense whatsoever. <laughs> uh, and and it, that's why we're, we're here. Uh, and hopefully our regular listeners now have learned important things. Our regular listeners uh, know what to do. But I want you to spread the word, okay? Because you have friends that maybe in the next day, week, month, year, whatever it is, look at a severance letter, uh, and they're not going to know what to do. But if you know what to do and you don't tell them what to do, well, when they unfortunately sign off and lose on $50,000, you're going to have to think, holy cow, I, I could have done something about that. Please don't let that happen. What kind of time, uh, timeline are you looking at? To, to resolve matters, you know, really anywhere from two weeks if we don't have to take legal action to, to four months if we have to take legal action. Uh, you know, when it comes to other cases, you know, personal injury cases, uh, criminal cases, those could be one, two, three years to resolve. When it comes to employment law, again, two, to, two weeks to four months on the high end. Again, most cases, 95% of these cases are going to resolve within two, two weeks to four months. So not something you're going to have to live with for a long time. Not something that's going to drag on. I'm not going to let it, and it doesn't. So, again, don't be afraid of the process. What advice can you give an individual that is, say, working with an employment lawyer to try to improve their severance? So, first of all, to, to call them on time, number one, is yeah. don't, don't call them uh, after. Don't, uh, don't call the employment lawyer after you've, been, after you've signed off on that package or, or uh, when it's been more than two years after you've been let go. So, so call the employment lawyer. Call me uh, either when you've been let go or maybe you, you're concerned about being let go and you want to have a talk about that. So, that's number one. Number two, have a copies of the relevant documents. If you have the termination letter, have a copy of that. Uh, if you, an employment agreement that you may have signed when you started working, very important, have a copy of that. If there's anything else, disciplinary letters, or if there's policies dealing with bonuses, for example, I want to see those as well. If there's a, you know, a workplace harassment issue or a constructive dismissal issue, uh, we may need to look at some correspondence, some emails. So document, document, document. I, I would much rather have someone come to me with 100 uh, pages of documents than no, no documents. Uh, I'd rather have more than, than less. So very important, be honest, and, and don't wait to make that call. That's probably the number one advice. Do not wait. 613-521-TALK. You still have time to call into this radio station this afternoon and ask your questions. Might as well get, the, get it for free, right? Just ask the question and go away with some, some knowledge as well. So in your experience, percentage of people receiving adequate severance, what would you say it would be? Uh, percentage of people actually receiving adequate severance is less than 10%. And wow. It's it, to the point that when I speak to someone and they've been offered adequate severance, 
I'm I'm surprised. I I go across the hall and I talk to my colleagues and I say, "Holy cow, you know what? I just talked talk to someone that got good severance." Yeah. Uh it's that rare, okay? It it, it really is rare. Uh, and, you know, in fact, if we're actually talking about someone that got good severance, that percentage is probably 2 or 3%. You know, 10% of people get, yeah, not great, but okay right, right. severance. 90% of people get severance that makes you shake your head and saying, what, what was this employer thinking? You know, they offered three months to someone that should have gotten 18 months pay. Uh, not uncommon. So chances are, again, I, I, I'm not, uh, I, I don't have a crystal ball, but I've been doing this for a long time. I can almost guarantee if you're looking at that severance letter, you haven't told me who you are, who the company is, you haven't told me what you've been offered, but I can almost guarantee you that whatever that offer is, it's probably half of what you're owed and potentially a lot less than that. I know when people call in and they want to to hire you and pursue this, one of their concerns is damaging the relationship with uh, what's going to be the former employer. What do you say about that? Absolutely. And, and you know, they're concerned about burning bridges. Yeah. You know, I work in this industry. I don't want to upset this company. Am I going to burn any bridges because I, I'm, I'm getting, uh, I want to get my severance? Well, I'll say two things about that. The first thing I'll say is, first of all, you should never be afraid to get what the law says you should have. Remember, I cannot get you $1, $1 more than what you're actually owed. The best I can ever hope to do is get you what the law says you are owed. So if that's all you want, if you just want what's coming to you, what you're legally owed, you should never feel bad or be concerned about that. If someone's not offering it to you, that's on them. So that's number one. Number two, and, and, and to the point, I work really hard not to burn any bridges because I, I, I'm a very big believer in building bridges, not burning them. So when I approach a company, when I deal with a company on behalf of an employee, rather than going there like a bull in a china shop, <sighs> making all kinds of big threats and, and you know making uh, myself look extremely aggressive, I'd rather go in there very professionally and say, you know, here's the situation, uh, here's what's owed, we want to resolve this professionally, quickly, amicably, and in doing that, not only do we not burn bridges, in most cases we're even able to negotiate a reference letter uh, as part of the resolution. So I have yet to have a situation in 16 years of doing this and literally thousands of matters yeah. where someone came back to me and said, you know what, because I got my severance, the company now uh, hates me, I burned my bridges, they've given me bad references. I have not had that happen. Uh, it's all about the approach. We're going to take a uh, quick break. you got a few minutes still to call in with some questions. 613-521-TALK is the way. If not, we'll bounce over to emails. That is help at employmenthour.com. Lots more Employment Hours on the way. News Talk 580 CFRA. Now back to the Employment Hour with employment lawyer Lior Samfiru. If you're going to take advantage of a phone call, now's the time to do it in the last few minutes here. 613-521-TALK and, uh, and get in here. 613-521-TALK is the, uh, is the number. Emails coming right at you. Robert uh, Lior says, I've been working for at a, a pharmacy for over 13 years, five days a week. The owner came in on Friday and told me that he has to reduce me to one day a week only. How about that? Can he do that? <laughs> well, you know, uh, it, it would be nice if the owner did that but still paid him for five days. Yeah, no kidding. Then I'd say, hey, uh, where, you should sign up quickly, and where do I sign up for that? <laughs> uh, that's not likely to happen. So yeah. if his employer is not going to reduce his days and compensation in, in that way, no, of course they cannot do that. That's not even close. Uh, that's probably one of the biggest things an employer cannot do. 
So what does that mean? That means that he can treat this as a constructive dismissal. Now, importantly, John, the fact that the employer is not allowed to do this does not necessarily mean that there's a way to stop them. Mm -hmm, right. All that means is that you can treat that as a termination. You don't have to accept that. And if they do it anyway, you say, no, I'm, I'm not going to accept that. I'm going to leave and I'm going to get my severance. So the first thing you do is you tell your employer, no, that's not okay with me. I'm not agreeing to that. And maybe they back off. If your employer does not back off, that's when you tell them, okay, I'm going to have to treat this as a termination and leave with my severance. And the reason you want to do that, and there's two reasons. First reason is that if you decide to accept this, well, guess what? You've given them the right to do it again. Mm -hmm. And the next time they do that, they reduce your pay even more. At that point, you're stuck. And at some point, you could be working uh, you know, three hours a month. And, and you can't do anything about that at that point. You only have one kick at that can, one time, one chance to say, I'm not accepting it. The second reason why you don't want to accept it is if you're going to go down to, uh, to three days a week or what have you, and let's say uh, six months later, the company lets you go. Well, now the severance that you get is calculated based on the three days right. instead of the five days. So you're also lost on your severance. Whereas right now, you can get your, your full severance based on your five days. So when a company starts changing your compensation, in most cases, I say it's time to treat that as a constructive dismissal. That said, before you do that, before you tell your employer, that's it, I'm, I'm out of here, call me. Okay, I don't want anyone quitting without speaking to me first. Sometimes the devil's in the details. We need to have that conversation. But no, your employer is not allowed to change your compensation in that way. I mean, five days down to one day is, I mean, that's that's a no-brainer for anybody listening. Going, yeah, who would accept that? But say they're going from five days maybe down to four, even a change like that would not be allowed, correct? Oh, absolutely not. You know, unless my math is off, that would be 20% uh, pay cut. Yeah. Uh, no, absolutely not. Anytime we're talking about kind of more than 5%, we're in constructive dismissal territory. So, uh, you know, if your employer changes your pay from 90000 to 88000 as an example, that's not going to make you happy. I get it. And, and, and no one would be happy. But it's probably not enough to be a constructive dismissal. Right. But in most cases, if your compensation has changed, changed in, a, in, in a real way, in a substantial way, yeah, they're not allowed to do that. That's, that's something that is an easy constructive dismissal. And if they go ahead with it, you are well within your rights to say, no, I'm, I'm not going to accept, I'm going to leave. And guess what? The employer has to pay you your full severance as if you were terminated. Help at employmenthour.com. That is the email address. Brian writes in, says, I recently received a letter terminating my employment due to outsourcing my job. I signed a release accepting their severance offer. One week later, I received a call informing me that my termination was a mistake and they were rescinding the termination letter. Can they do this? Uh, I want the offer as presented to me. Thank you very much. <laughs> Interesting situation. I don't, yeah. I don't see that coming up too often. And, and very good question. No, uh, your employer can't take back the, uh, the offer, can't take back the termination. Just like if you uh, sign off on the termination offer and you realize, holy cow, that was a bad deal, I want out of it, you can't, neither can the employer. Even if they made a mistake, even if, it's, if that's not what they wanted to do, no, a deal is a deal. So if your employer lets you go and then they, and then they decide, uh, we didn't really want to or we shouldn't have or this was a mistake, if you want to come back to work and you want to allow us to, to be as if it never happened, that's fine, you can do that. 
But if you want to say, no, uh, you've terminated me, I'm moving on, I'm getting the severance that, that we've agreed on, you absolutely can do that. The company can't take it back. If they change their mind, it's simply too late if you, if you want it to be. So in this situation, tell your employer, no thanks, uh, we have a deal, I've been terminated, I'm going to get my severance. And if they try to give you a hard time, give me a call and I'll deal with it. Uh, we'll get to Anna quickly here in the last minute to go. Says, is it possible to fight a dismissal for cause if you don't think it's valid in order to receive EI? Well, very good question there for Anna, because if you've been let go for cause, EI is going to say, we're not going to pay you. Ah. And that, that's a huge problem. But here's the thing. Not only can you fight it, you actually can fight it for the purpose of getting severance. Because in most cases, when a company lets someone go for cause, there isn't cause. It's actually a termination without cause. The employee didn't do something to warrant the termination without compensation. So not only can you uh, uh, change that, you can change uh, what they've said and change what they've done so you can get EI, you can also get severance. In most cases, if you've been let go for cause, unless you did something horrible, it's not caused your owed full severance, your ODI, and you get a, get on the phone and call me. Good for another week. Uh, you want to uh, contact Lior now that we are done till next Saturday? No problem. It's one eight five five eight two one. 5900 email is help at employmenthour.com and before you make any move you know where to go first severancepaycalculator.com make sure you're at least aware of what you're properly owed as far as severance is concerned until next time this has been the employment hour news talk 580 cfra